0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica.
1: Ah, thanks to Mark Ingram, we have to once again bow to the Temple of Brady. Stone Labanowitz hit the open.
0: On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavicka Live on ESPN
1: 106.3. Everybody needs to understand what last night was aiming to be. And that's another mind-numbingly dull primetime NFL game that suddenly took a turn and has us praising Brady again. I'm so upset with the Saints. I'm so upset with Mark Ingram, Dennis Allen. It didn't need to be like this. And we, we as a sports talk radio show are now contractually obligated to discuss the greatness of Brady. You had one damn foot to go for a first down that would have ended the game, Mark.
2: The sticks are right in front of him.
1: Right there! I don't care if your hamstring fell off. You could go one more foot, dude.
2: He could have reached the ball out. He didn't even have to step. He could have just reached it out. And then
1: look at him on TV. Look at Brady on TV with his his tussled hair <laughs> and that smug look as he steps to the microphone. And the
3: first thing he said was, just how we drew it up.
1: Oh God. Sicko. He is, by the way, three and one since he got divorced. Hmm. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. No wife, happy life, not Tom Brady says. Saying, just saying. <laughs> Man's been liberated a little bit. It's All nice. I'm saying. Giselle might have been the anchor that was keeping him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he won a Super Bowl two years ago, so that's wildly unfair, but still. But we didn't we 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 were not destined for this place. And then here we are, 44 come-from-behind fourth-quarter victories in the career of Tom Brady. That is an all-time record. And again, our contracts stipulate that now we must discuss. Ken LeVick alive on a Tuesday here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine action in Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers off of the sunny and warm and, uh, well, pretty Intracoastal, Stolen Stone the Manowitz, Friday Night Lights, Radio Life Partner, runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. And on Tuesday, as always, the man you see on WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, it is Theo Dorsey. Uh, that was improbable last night. So, you have the Bucks and the Saints. Yes, NFC South rivalry, but the NFC South is uh, inconsequential this year. Just bad. Bad across the board. This was a massive game featuring two teams sub-500 mm-hmm. in week 13 of the NFL season. That's all you need to know from that, okay?
2: And the two best teams in that division.
1: Yeah, and the two best teams yeah, in that division sub-500 going at it last night. So it was a big game by NFC South standards, which makes it, and it lived up to all the, because it was a bad football game. In fact, it was 16-3. to 16-3 to with 6.05 left to go when Mark Ingram decides as he runs to the right sideline on second down that he is, this, and again, he's hobbled. The injury certainly has, has hampered him and was hampering him, but he steps out of bounds one foot in front of the first down marker. The win probability for the Saints from that moment, which was hovering around 96%. With 6.05 left to go in the game, ESPN's win probability metric had them right around 96%. As soon as fourth and one happens and the Saints decided to punt the ball after that, which again, soft, 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 soft stuff. Super soft stuff, okay? Then it started to creep down and creep down and creep down. And what happens? Tom Brady orchestrates two touchdown drives and has... Comeback win number 44 in his career. And you know what, Stone? Let's hear the game winner. Let's hear the game winning touchdown pass from Tom Brady last night. Joe Buck on the call on ESPN.
0: It's third down. Underneath. And touchdown, Rashad White. Tie game with the extra point to come.
1: Not to mention that we almost got a reprieve from having to uh, talk about Tom Brady today because right before that touchdown, a touchdown throw got wiped out. due to a hold. <laughs> so then you think that the universe has, has come together to ensure that Stone, Theo, and I could maybe start the day discussing college football. Could maybe talk more about Deion Sanders to Colorado. Could have gotten wildly elaborate, creative with an opening topic. Instead, Tom Brady pulls off the touchdown pass and the Bucks win. And it felt inevitable. As soon as he got the ball, not 16 to 3, but as soon as he got the ball 16-10, we all knew it was happening, right? Like that we knew. What was happening?
2: Yeah, and the weirdest thing to me watching it was just, and I watched it back, I'll be honest, because we had the Lou Groza Awards last night. I was kind of tied up. Kicking the, it with the kickers. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the first time all year, actually, I was kind of happy I missed the Monday Night Football game. Um, that was my first time missing one this year. You but,
1: literally didn't miss anything until 6.05. <laughs> that's yeah. right.
2: It was the perfect game to just watch back on YouTube. So I was able yeah. to do that. I watched it back on YouTube, and it was weird to me how – prevent defense oriented the saints were on those last two drives as as if Brady was killing them over the top all game. Everything about it just felt like a, a scripted movie plot where all the, all, you know, the whole time in the end, it was made out to be for Brady to win in a dramatic fashion and and why not? It was an, like you said, an inconsequential game on Monday Night Football.
3: Can can I say first though that uh, so Theo MC the Lou Groza Awards? Mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a better MC in and the by the state way, of Florida. Yeah. Lou Groza
1: Awards, Lou Groza Awards, uh, given to the nation's top college football kicker.
3: Yeah. So we had three badass kickers in there. Three, Theo MC in the event, and every time an Orange what? Bowl committee member came up there, what they do? They complimented Theo. They said, Theo, I, 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 I wish I had your voice. I wish I had your energy the man. right he now. He brings
1: the excitement.
3: He had some one-liners in there that I'm damn sure he was practicing <laughs> in the mirror last night Stone or was before like, and everything So, but shouts to Theo it was a really good event and a really good MC he that he was
2: I appreciate it Stone at, after uh, my first one liner I came over to the table um, to see <laughs> how it went and Stone was like were you practicing that one <laughs> would yeah, you was, say that Theo has <laughs> uh, Theo
1: has a leg up on other MCs oh mm-hmm. no doubt about it oh no, no
2: doubt no hey, doubt about it I'm kicking it with the best <laughs> these <Yeah>. days <laughs> there was a line That's he threw right.
3: out there I think it was you know the Palm Beach County clerk or commissioner uh, the, mayor, the, mayor. the Palm Beach mayor yeah. And Theo steps up right after him, right? Big shoes to fill, hard to follow. And Theo lets him know he goes, if I ever get a parking ticket, I know who to come to. Oh, <laughs>
0: Crowd loved it, Ken. Crowd. Crowd loved
3: just it. Eating it up. Theo is an everyday man. He's a man of the people. I'm in the corner talking about woo! Stone,
1: <laughs> Stone's just Theo's hype man, overly laughing at everything yeah. Theo yeah.
2: says. I needed that. <laughs> Yes, man, absolutely, this
1: guy's killing it. You
2: but, know what we should have did? We should have spread out the ESPN West Palm table throughout the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, just <laughs> plants. And every time I say anything, it's just like, oh my gosh, this I guy's like, man. man,
1: this guy's hilarious.
3: <laughs> but Theo had to stay and do some, you know, post-op stuff. Yeah, I got right in my car, pulled up the game, I watched it from mm-hmm. that fourth quarter all the way to the finish. It did seem inevitable. The one thing that got me though was, of course, Tom Brady got his pass interference call. Right, he wasn't completing inevitable. anything down the field. Right, what does he do? Chucks his third deep ball of 20-plus on the night, Mm -hmm. 44-yard pass pass interference, puts them right in position to make it a six-point One game. out
1: of every three, Brady passes over <laughs> 25 yards. is going to get a
2: flag because hashtag Tom Brady. Absolutely. It's I, sick, man. I know. That's the biggest reason why I'm ready for him to retire. It's not even like, because let's not act like even last night was greatness. It wasn't like, oh, no. Brady was there bad. There was gi- nothing
1: spectacular about that. It's the longest fun. play of both of those scoring drives was the 44-yard pass interference. Yeah, yeah, like,
2: this is not even fun to watch. Even for Evan Cohen, who's over here raving about this is why Brady won't retire. Uh, he's still Ken- a hater, like, like, let's be real. That's not. This is not magnificent football. We have all of these electric quarterbacks we're watching in the league today. Um, and then also, I wish the Ravens would allow Lamar Jackson to be that as well. But that's a whole other story. But again, to watch this guy limp his way to wins, the the Atlanta Falcons game I'm remembering now with the uh, roughing the passer uh-huh. call that he got earlier this year. It's like. It's like, I'm done with all of that already. If it because, looked good like 10 years ago, right. I would be like, well, yeah, he's doing some great the stuff. The problem is
1: part of the package deal with Brady is the overwhelming respect he's always going to get from the officials. Yeah. Like, that, that part makes it frustrating because if Brady fails, but, he is inevitably going to get a bailout call at some point that he is going to capitalize on because he's still that competent.
3: Yeah. But but somebody like Evan Cohen would argue that he puts himself in those positions to get those calls, right? Like, he's going to take that shot down the field knowing that there's a chance he gets a P.I. call. Like, that's the part of the greatness that Tom Brady offers. A lot of people would argue that. We talked about the roughing call. The one narrative was he knew he was going to get that roughing call. Like, he put himself in position to right. do it. I don't agree with it, but yeah. time and time again, we see him it get these that calls. Well, that's why
1: you always see him crying to the official because he <laughs> knows it's going to happen yep. because people think that way
2: that, oh... Brady he he puts himself in this position <laughs> not fun to watch like even no. buccaneers fans even brady fans there's no way you can argue to me that that's fun to watch a guy like that's like James Harden for that long stretch when he all he did was flail up wow. at the rim electric free throw and, trip yeah, it's like yeah. that's not yeah. fun to watch he won watch. an
1: mvp off of his ability to flail his arms in the air when he got to the rim
2: yeah and that's what tom brady is right now he's like the james harden of football but in the worst way just Begging officials to help him to wins, which he's got to win, so football,
1: cool. <laughs> uh, Except minus the strip clubs. The strip, the strip clubs. incessant minus. strip clubs. Yeah, yes.
2: Minus the strip Well, maybe yeah. may- he's divorced now. That's true. Who and knows? Tampa is Tampa. the strip club
1: capital of the world. I was about to is say. Is that a fact?
2: It is a fact. Ooh. Ask Hugh Freeze. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, just had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big thing in Tampa, though. It's the biggest I thing I actually in know Tampa. somebody who moved to Tampa and started stripping. Really? Yeah. Well, she
1: made the or he. I don't know. She. She yeah. made the right decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a lot of money to be made. Tampa, surrounding areas, Ebor City. Like, uh, yeah. You're gonna secrets. You're I think. gonna secrets in Tampa. Secrets.
2: Yeah. i be- good things. <laughs> we'll have to see if uh, Tom has been frequenting. Maybe that's where he's getting his uh, Maybe. reenergized. Maybe I, 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 I would from. bet. Is that, that is not.
1: the source of so many people's power in Tampa is the strip club. Yeah. It's it's the city pastime.
2: <laughs> Stone, Stone is, like, booking a trip
3: on yeah, Stone right Stone's now. Like, well, <laughs> like, I
0: need to relocate.
3: Well, I'm just, like, over here thinking, you know, just weighing <laughs> options. But I, I think another thing that, that really annoyed me with last night was we had Bucks fans and what they're able to do now. Like, let's just use Jeanette Javier for an example. We were getting text Congrats, messages Jeanette. out the wazoo, can that were, oh, I hate this team. This uh-huh. team's unwatchable. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, it's Tom Brady. Fire those cannons. Never a doubt. And it's like, what are we doing here? Because... Through the four quarters, we were watching Andy Dalton in this Saints offense uh, air it out, yeah. take shots down take the field, field, throw the ball on third and short. Like We were watching the Saints play real football when Tom Brady was the one checking it down right. on third and seven. They weren't going right. for it on fourth down. Even at one point in the game, it was fourth and seven, I believe, on the plus 40. So the Bucks are driving. They elect to punt. The punter then punts it out of the back of the end zone, so it's a touchback. So you gained... Twenty yards of field position there. It was like it was ugly football from the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's not call it anything else but ugly. So, by the
1: way, uh, Jeanette, last night uh, at eight fifty-five p.m. Eastern time, tweeted, "This game hasn't been enjoyable." <laughs> then we get a show text message at eight twenty-four this morning. Can't wait to hear y'all positive words for Brady. <laughs> Never doubted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, that's
2: the sickest part, man. Mm.
3: And she, like, there was a tweet that she had was, oh, God, this team sucks or this team is unwatchable. And then yeah. she put out a tweet, a selfie of her this morning in her Brady jersey,
1: giving a peace <laughs> sign, like, whatever, Jeanette. Like, what are doing? We get it.
2: We get it, okay? He needs to retire.
1: <laughs> but I think I think that with Brady, even at this advanced age, 45 years old, he obviously, because this is not his only fourth quarter comeback of
2: the year No, it's
1: not um he has multiple fourth quarter comebacks in game winning drives this year and uh, the the Atlanta game that you yeah. had mentioned that was a fourth quarter comeback game winning drive thanks officials that tom brady pulled off so brady still at 45 years old is on is is in the neighborhood he's in the discussion of most feared fourth quarter quarterbacks right I don't think there's any doubt about it. And let me let yeah. me give you. I'm just going to throw some names at you yeah. guys, okay? Yeah. The most feared fourth quarter quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. This is to other players, to fans. Patrick Mahomes, your boy.
2: Number one. Thirteen seconds, baby. Yes. Just had. Thirteen
1: to. seconds was also my
3: nickname in college. <laughs> Well, that's uh, just the worst nickname you could possibly
2: have. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Not I even,
1: somehow overcame it, it. It's not
3: even 60 seconds. You overcame it? I overcame I definitely did. I uh, definitely did. I would did. say
1: you maybe After a nap, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh <laughs> Allen. He's in there, right? No doubt about it. Okay. Come on. Uh, you've got Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is still in this discussion, no? Uh, 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 now. We're not disputing this. Yes, move on. Yes. Of okay. course
2: he is. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I Feared still... Yes.
1: Aaron Rodgers is not the same guy, but yeah. me as a fan, I see him, and I'm still expecting in the fourth quarter he's going to come up with some magic, right? It will make
2: you nervous for sure. Yeah. His
3: whole narrative is you gave him too much time. Right. Too much time.
2: Yeah, but... Yeah.
3: I mean, maybe not as much year, this year,
2: though. but yeah. you, I, I get what you're saying.
1: And then can we include Joe Burrow? Let's do it. Yeah, in yeah, that you have category? To. Joe Cool,
2: he he's he's makes some throws in pressure situations. Okay. I think Joe's got to be in that. Okay, so
1: Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow. I came up with that thinking I was going to go a different way with what we were going to start the show with, but then I realized, you know what? I don't know for certain who the sixth quarterback is in that discussion of most feared fourth quarter QBs. You've got Mahomes, you've got Allen, you've got Brady, you've got Rodgers, you've got Burrow. If you could choose one other quarterback in the NFL, one other quarterback in the NFL, to live in this feared fourth quarter signal caller neighborhood, who would it be? Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow, who's the one other quarterback who enters that group of QBs as the most feared fourth-quarter signal caller in the NFL. And I'm going to do it.
2: Uh Uh-oh. I'm I think I know it. where you're
1: going. I'm going to do it, and I think he showed some of his chops a little bit uh, on Sunday, and what was a rough day for him. But you show, you saw the signs, and you've seen him. That's right. Four other times oh, no. in his career, okay. four other times in his career, do it, and he almost did it after arguably the worst game he's played in two seasons. But that's Tua, and I harken you back to Baltimore, where he absolutely tore apart. Mm. The Ravens defense. I'm old enough to remember when the man went into the desert and shocked the Cardinals in his first season as an NFL quarterback in a 34 31 win that the Dolphins had no business winning. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put Tua Tonga in that category. I think Tua scares fans and scares opposition, even if they don't want to admit it, if he has the ball in the fourth quarter, L- ask the Bills. What did Tua do in the fourth quarter against Buffalo?
3: Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, right? The weapons that he has enables him to do that. And I know...
1: Craycraft!
3: <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Craycraft, Trent, Sherfield, mm-hmm. going yard. I think Tua has to be in this conversation, and I'm not pulling this card, trust me. I'm not even a believer in this card, but... There are guys on that team that can catch it and do the rest for him and in dire situations. We've seen Tyreek Hill right. do it with Patrick Mahomes And let's year not after forget,
1: year. Tua is not going to be constrained by the clock because that dude gets up to the line, yep. gets set, and can get the ball out in two seconds. He's, yeah. not, he's at his best when things are fluid and in a two-minute situation. Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow, I think Tua is the quarterback in that category, most feared fourth-quarter quarterbacks. What would you say? Who is the one quarterback – The one quarterback you would add to Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow when discussing the most feared fourth-quarter signal callers in the NFL. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at KLV1063, as always. That is my personal Twitter. Don't abuse it. 888-760-3776. 3776. Which additional quarterback are you adding to Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow as most feared NFL quarterback? 888-760-3776. Now Theo is racking his this is brain. Tough. This is the toughest right question. Now your boys represented Pat yeah. Mahomes, your newly minted Chiefs fandom. Yeah. You know Mahomes is probably, I would argue Mahomes, if you asked anybody, any Rando NFL fan. Which quarterback is the most feared in the fourth quarter? I'd say if we want to go family feud, the the of a 100 NFL fans, right. the the most answered name would be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 100%. Like Patrick Mahomes would be the number 1 answer. Not Brady, not Rodgers. I think Josh Allen would probably become the number 2. Eh. Answer in yeah, that yeah. spot. Yeah. But if it was five years ago, I think Aaron Rodgers probably is <laughs> not even Tom Brady is the you top gonna, answer to that. And it's
2: like, well, off though. Well, I last year,
0: mean, I
3: think I have someone up for defense. I, and I think we've pulled this card recently on the show, but Josh Allen's turnovers late in games yeah. this season might. Take Him out of that number two which spot, which is I think.
1: also why I take two over a Justin Herbert in sure. the discussion of oh, fourth quarter comebacks because Justin Herbert is a walking inside of two minutes interception
3: for sure. When we want to go back to this uh Buffalo Bills New England Patriots game on primetime, there were three interceptions that this New England defense dropped, and some of them were in the fourth
2: quarter. Uh, so. Easy there, Mina Kimes, Uh-oh. counting the dropped interceptions. I'm sorry, Uh-oh. sorry, easy Mina. Um, for me, <laughs> sorry, Mina, <laughs> and this is so so. Specifically to this question, are we talking about them in their current situation yes. as well, like with yes, their, their current, current weapons s- and everything? We're not
1: talking all time. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking, yeah. happen this Sunday, December sixth, two thousand and twenty-two. Who is that quarterback? Then, in addition to Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, and Burrow, you are putting in this conversation.
2: So, the way I would kind of my perspective on it is because I have Mahomes, I'm thinking who would I be most feared Mm going up against, if if the Chiefs were in a playoff or a must-win game. And I think
1: that's the hypothetical everybody should put themselves in. If you're a fan, and outside of those five guys, which other quarterback in a playoff situation with four minutes left to go and they have the ball down five, are you saying, oh, God, I'm going to get my heart broken?
2: Yeah, I think the answer should be Lamar Jackson if he was in a better situation with a better play caller and maybe a number one receiver, but it's not. That's not a situation, and we know you can all-out blitz him and you'll likely win the game, and we saw that from the Dolphins. Uh, I think the answer, and this is going to sound weird, I think it's Derek Carr.
3: Oh, well, I'm glad you said it.
2: I think it's Derek I'm, Carr.
3: I'm glad you said it because I share the exact same answer.
2: And a lot of that has to do with not just Derek Carr himself, but the weapons around him, including, you know, the top guy that Aaron Rodgers used for so many years and Devontae Adams. But when you're going up against that Raiders offensive attack and Derek Carr, I know he doesn't get thrown around in that conversation with the top quarterbacks or even feared guys. But having Devontae Adams, having, if, Darren Waller's back, maybe Darren Waller, but even even Foster Moreau, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. like That's a scary offense to go up against. And he's also had some pretty big fourth-quarter comebacks. I think he's had a, actually a couple of them so, this year actually, as well. Actually,
1: Derek Carr has 27 fourth-quarter comebacks in his career. That's Keep in lot. mind, his first year was 2014. That is the fourth-best amongst active quarterbacks. It's huh. Brady so at 44, wow. Ryan at 38, Stafford at 34, and Carr at 22. 20-
3: Seven. Do my you, do you right? have a do you have a date on that? Because I'm looking at 29. Actually, most game-winning drives in the NFL. Derek Carr, 29. Uh, I'm looking at uh, a okay, so Football look- Reference. Okay, so you're looking at fourth-quarter comebacks. Yeah, fourth-quarter mm. comebacks. That's pretty
2: good. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I was nervous about that pick, but I feel like yeah, my gut was right. Then he's he's not a he's not. We just watched and him
1: and do he it. Has three. Yeah. He has three this year. Houston had a technically fourth-quarter comeback and a game-winning drive. Yeah. Uh, at Denver, 22-16, fourth-quarter comeback, one. game-winning drive. And then at Seattle, fourth-quarter comeback, game-winning drive. And he
2: had the Last other week. one. He almost had the one against the, the game where Devontae Adams, you know, pushed the reporter yeah, or the Kansas cameraman City. in Kansas yeah. City where he was – and Hunter Renfro and, 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 and Devontae Adams ran into each other.
1: Now, part of the weird thing about Derek Carr, though, is – He's only made two playoff appearances in his life, and he actually played in one of them. Yeah. Because the first one he helped lead the Raiders to, he was hurt for. Right. And then the second one, they lost to the Bengals in the wild card last year. So the fourth quarter comebacks are great and all, but I also think that uh, for the vast majority of us, I want a quarterback that I might see in the postseason this year.
3: I don't think we're seeing Derek Carr in the postseason this year. And I hear, and I think what they start off the season, one and seven. And they're, they're yeah. five and seven now. So they've ripped off like four in a row. So if you want to take it a step further in the comeback realm, like he's bringing his team back to life. He's in a division where the Broncos are completely obsolete, where the Chargers could fall off at any moment, and they could eventually sneak their way up into that race. I think Derek Carr is the answer here. He's fourth most, fourth quarter winning drives. And we r- rattled off a list of what four guys, five yeah. guys, so, so I think and he fits
1: people that that don't like my Tua. I'll take Tua as the quarterback <laughs> in this Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Burrow category. Tua only has one fewer game-winning drive in his career than Joe Burrow. What hmm. sets Joe Burrow apart, though, is the two fourth-quarter comebacks in the playoffs. Yeah, last
2: yeah, last year. Yeah,
1: this is what people remember. And that's where the re- exactly. Exactly. Tua is just as capable, but Tua hasn't done it on that stage.
2: And they've both got some sick weapons that you, that you fear as well beyond the quarterback, and I think that's a big part of it when you even look at, like, I might even put, it's, it feels lofty, but I might even put guys like Tua and Derek Carr over currently Aaron Rodgers or mm-hmm. even Tom Brady because of the weapons they have, because I fear Jamar Chase in a game-winning situation. We saw what he did earlier this year. I think, I think that was against the Saints, he caught that big route yeah. and it took it like seventy yards for the game winning a touchdown. Like I fear guys like that, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams. You don't
3: fear Alan Lazard or Robert <laughs> Robert <Tunyon>? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Well, no, Christian I, Watson's got more touchdowns than Jamar Chase uh, does sure. right now on the Christian, season Christian
2: and AJ Brown. That's true. These are all true statements. Uh, a man right. who somehow has overcome
1: cinder blocks for hands to become yeah, the buddy. most impact big play receiver for the he's Packers. He's so
2: fast, but he doesn't look. He's like the fastest not looking fast guy I've ever seen. He just glides.
1: He just long strides. Long yeah. strides. Sure. Yeah, he's, like sure. a, he's
2: like a hurdler.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's a good way to put it. Now, it also requires you to be trailing in the fourth quarter an awful
3: lot, <laughs> yeah. too. There are some teams that, it,
4: you know, the Raiders. like
1: Mahomes is at 11
3: in his career. Mahomes is at 11 he in his career. He wasn't able to do it last Sunday, so I mean, a missed right. opportunity in that Bengals game.
0: But he also, yeah. I, I,
3: I guess there are,
1: he's he's trailed in the fourth quarter in the playoffs at times and has gotten it done. Oh, but man. it also. In the regular season, how often is Patrick Mahomes required to put together a game-winning drive? It's been rare the last five years.
2: And that's and that's the big thing. I mean, the Chiefs are so dominant. The Chiefs are so dominant. When you're in Chiefs' kingdom and you're used to just, just railing teams time after time, Ooh. I mean, yeah, it's like that. It's uh, like that.
1: Uh, Ricky says... <laughs> He messages Baker Mayfield. If he was on my team and we had the lead, be way more feared. <laughs> uh, the anti-fourth-quarter comeback, Baker Mayfield. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. They are currently living in fourth-quarter comebackville. Who is the one NFL quarterback who gets to join them in that elite-gated community? Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rodgers, Burrow. Who else belongs? I say Tua. Who ultimately did you come up with, Theo? Derek Carr. Derek Carr is in that conversation. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Let's go to Mike in Wellington. What's up, Mike?
0: Hey,
4: Kanga, Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Um, I, hop, I hopped on the line before I heard the other criteria, but I just wanted to throw a name out there. Not active anymore this year, but I wanted to know y'all's opinion on Stafford being a fourth-quarter <laughs> comeback player. I mean, he's done it, what, over 30 times in yeah. Detroit? Yeah. He's always been trailing. I think he did it a couple times when playoffs last year. He's top but, um, 6
1: in NFL history in fourth quarter comebacks and he had a lot of them with the Lions. Like a lot of them with the Lions, but he also had one in the Super Bowl last year.
4: Yeah. So mm-hmm. um so, yeah. I y'all's opinion on that. I was a little add the criteria. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate
1: Thanks. you. Appreciate you, it, Mike. It, now, so now he didn't have one this year. Yeah. He's Getting older, he's getting more broken.
2: He he led the league in interceptions last year, and he was he was going to be competing for it this year, probably yeah. if he didn't get hurt. And also, like there, how many attempts did he get at it in Detroit? He trailed in every. Don't game. do that. I'm just saying he's I'm not, still feared. He he's still feared. I wish we can get how many attempts he had so at fourth quarter comebacks. Thirty.
1: He had thirty fourth quarter comebacks in Detroit. Yeah. 34 in his career. He had four last year. He had 30 in Detroit, including a whopping five in 2014. Oh, my God. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight in 2016. So, come on. Half their
0: games (laughs) he was required
1: to have a fourth-quarter comeback in 2016.
3: He's just cold-blooded like that. And as a quarterback, I would argue your stat that you brought up that he led the league in interceptions – The style of play, like the fact that he leads the league in interceptions, it is what enables him to come back a lot of the times, right? Taking those risks, taking those shots in a double coverage down the field that puts you back in the game, like
2: maximizing what you have. Yeah, just taking those risks. You're right. I'm I'm not. In no way am I trying to degrade the career of Matthew Stafford. I'm just saying. We do it time and time again on this show. I'm not okay. All right, I won't, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I like Matthew Stafford. Right. Good guy. Good guy. Great Super guy. Bowl, Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, at a certain point, he gets a lot of attempts at these things when right. he's on teams that trail a lot. So I think right. that should be factored into this.
1: That's a good point. A little bit. Um, but I don't look at, if, if I were going up against Matt Stafford, if it's Dolphins, Rams, and the Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. I, and he has 80 yards to go in 215. Um I'm not nearly as fearful of Matt Stafford as I am a Lamar Jackson. That's true. All right, I'm just not. I don't know. Like, for me, yes, Derek Carr has racked up the fourth quarter comebacks, but there's something about him that doesn't have me shaky and nervous and active bowley about that. Like I don't I don't Derek Carr, I should probably fear him, but it doesn't. Lamar just feared, I feel it. Lamar more than Derek Carr in that spot.
3: Yeah, but I feel like turnovers loom for Lamar in these late game situations. I'll I'll see your Derek Carr and Lamar and raise you a Taylor Heineke. In the in the in the, <laughs> the final four minutes of fourth quarters of this season, yeah. he's seventeen of twenty two, two twenty five. I mean, he has two fourth quarter comebacks in this year and five since the start of twenty twenty one. So his numbers are getting up there. It's kind of what he's known for at this point.
2: Yeah. And he's a guy that also not have to, to agree with calls. Him. Well, no, I'm just, <laughs> I like Taylor Heineke. I'm agreeing with him because I, I, I'm – I like
3: him. He doesn't scare me.
2: He doesn't scare you, but he's done it. In his limited amount of time I'm as a starting it to quarterback, Brady. he's I'm done it. Then did it
3: to Brady in the playoffs last year. He's two done it. Two years
2: ago. He's you know,
1: done it. I actually – like I look at – and I'm just looking at guys who have no fear and are just going to wing it around and make exceptional plays. Uh-oh. I think Gino.
2: Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I was waiting on his name to get brought up. No, you weren't. I was. I, in fact, when the <laughs> caller called in and he said, I'm not sure what it's, I thought he was going to say Geno Smith. Right, I, I like think Geno. Gino. I, I think I think Geno. All right. It's Let's a short sh- sample. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to
1: come back. Uh, we'll talk about fourth quarter comebacks with this man who's about to play for an NAIA National Championship Based out of West Palm, Kaiser University, the head coach, the man, Doug Socha, joins us next. We'll continue to take your calls, continue to talk fourth quarter quarterbacks, but Coach Socha, one win away from an NAIA National Championship. He joins us next. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
2: Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah.
3: Can we do it again?
0: Yeah, From the yeah, Anajar and Levine Studios yeah. in downtown yeah, yeah. We West Palm do Beach, yeah. you are listening to yeah, yeah. Ken Levick live it. on ESPN 106.3. Local college football team
1: playing for a championship, a national championship, comes up this weekend. It is Kaiser out of West Palm taking on Northwestern College. that will be in Durham, North Carolina. Kaiser has only played football for 5 years 5 years on the field oh, come on. playing football and Doug Sosius put together a powerhouse and he joins us now on Ken Levicka Live. Ken Levicka, Theodore CWP, TV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz, and Coach Socia. First of all, congratulations on getting to the NAIA National Championship. It's been a long time coming. Your team's won nine straight, ten and three on the year. I've known you for a long time. I've seen you dominate at the high school level, American Heritage, Delray, Oxbridge Academy. But uh, you, you, you got into the college realm, and you've built this thing from scratch. How in half a decade, have you been able to bring Kaiser to this point?
4: Ken, thanks for having me on. You know, you know, I think, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, obviously, some of the places I've been, you know, it's really just about the people in the building. You know, you get the right people in the building to work with, you bring in the right roster, you develop the right roster, talent, and character. And then, and then here we go. We got an opportunity to win a national championship. And I think it's just about getting the right people in the room. We've got a process of how we do things. And we followed it. Um, you know, there's obviously been some bumps in the road. You know, throughout the five years, there's certainly been a lot of bumps in the road this season. But I think the character, the belief in the locker room is really what's carrying us right now.
1: I I just cannot believe because when you took the job and, uh, and and you and I talked, I mean, it is it's it's literally. Nothing. It's a barren landscape and you are, are building everything up from scratch. It was the same thing at Oxbridge Academy for you. There was nothing there. You were given some resources and they said, all right, Coach Sosia, maximize it. How, how do you do that? How do you judge who you want on your staff? How do you find these players? Why are you more suited than other coaches to do something like this?
4: Well, I've, honestly, I just think I've been lucky to be around great administration. And, and, and when the administration is aligned and has a, has a vision and a focus on what they want to get accomplished, then the people in the building can do it. And, and we've been able to do that with our staff. You know, obviously here at Kaiser, unbelievable administration, you know, on down from, you know, Dr. Kaiser, the chancellor's office, our president, you know, Dr. Vonk, our vice president, um, our athletic director, Chris Wager just on down there's just great alignment there's great alignment with with our academics our admissions um you know so it's just all about the alignment of the administration their vision blending with what our vision and focus has been and then obviously recruiting the right players you know characters at the top of the list obviously talent is is there as well um and then just having you know the right profile of what we're trying to recruit that can Achieve academically, guys that are driven, guys that want to be coached hard, guys that, you know, want to focus, um, guys that are about the team. And, um, you know, it's really here we are. This is a pretty special team that we've got together here. And, you know, we've had bumps in the road, but this team has been resilient. This team has persevered and, and has overcome, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter, in the second half of games. And here we are with one more to go to win a national championship.
3: Coach Ochoa, Stone Labanowicz here. First off, congratulations. You kind of just slipped in there, right, special team? And I think that's true. We've been talking about fourth quarter comebacks. Who's got the best quarterback? We've just been ranking them. You guys know a little thing or two about fourth quarter comebacks. You guys go down to Morningside, 10 to 22 at the half, end up coming all the way back to win that game, 29-28, to advance, survive and advance. You know, is that a game you guys put a lot of stock into? Is that tape you're continuing to watch just on that fourth-quarter comeback?
4: You know, I think it's uh, that was a special game in itself. You know, we our, our starting quarterback, Shea Spencer, went down in the second quarter, and we had to go to Bryce Beasley, who really played like a starter from the second quarter on, basically. And, you know, he's prepared like a professional. He, he was ready to go. He had to do some things with his arms. He had to do some things with his feet. Guys made plays for him. So um you know it's been pretty special obviously we look at that game but i i go deeper than that i look back to you know the adversity we dealt with at the beginning of the season being one and three there was a point where we weren't even ranked nationally yeah. you know by the nai and we had to battle back in and then we go to st thomas and you know we felt some adversity there and, and down 24 seven won that game and then we go to southeastern at some point during the season and and we're down at halftime i came out and dominated in the second half and won that game you know, and then obviously, you know, we had to navigate through the rest of our schedule. And, and I look at the Ave Maria team that played us really tough, came down to a fourth quarter stop there in the red zone, able to run the football and, and gut that game out. And then obviously go to Bethel, knock them off. Number four team in the country, undefeated, really good team. Mm. Go to Morningside. And so it, it's been a, it's been a journey. There's a lot of moments we reflect back on it. And it just built this football team into what it is right now.
2: Doug, it's a, uh, it's Theo here, man. I, I, uh, I remember even looking back when you guys had that first schedule tweeted out, and I saw names like Varasta State on it, and you had all of those programs. It was a really front-loaded non-conference schedule. Um, was there any? Did you feel any kind of doubt out of your team when you did start off with I think one and three there, and you did lose your ranking? And how much did that specific stretch of the schedule help you guys just deliver three teams that were all ranked top four in the nation? their first losses of the season, not only giving them the first loss of the season, doing it on the road and doing it in the playoffs. Like, how much did you guys kind of look back to the battle-tested, you know, early part of the season that helped you guys here in this playoff run?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I look back at that and and I never had doubt in this team. I knew and and I told our team and and we challenged our team in training camp. I said, hey, this front end of our schedule can go a lot of different ways. Um, We certainly had an expectation that we could compete and win every one of those games. And I think, Looking back, you know we just didn't play well enough in those games. We all often reflected that, but I think, you know, sitting there at one and three, you know, go to Valdosta, kind of played them tough, and then obviously went to Mississippi College and really didn't show up. Which was really disappointing. And then Lindenwood, being a one double A team, they kind of just ran away with it. We had opportunities, but you know, I really challenged our football team to, you know, just live in day by day and, and, and just buy, just continue to develop and, and the process and. We've overcome injuries, and this team really has never gone through the motions. They've never really clinched, Um, and and I really attribute that to, like, when we close the doors in the locker room, we've got great leadership in there that that held this thing together, and I'm really proud of that. But certainly battle-tested team through those being unranked, you know, being one and three and then going on a run here, you know, it's all come together.
1: It's going to be next Saturday, the 17th. It'll be Kaiser Northwestern College out of Iowa in Durham, North Carolina, for the NAIA Football National Championship. Kaiser head coach Doug Socia with us here on at Ken Levick Alive. Uh, I, I, as the play-by-play voice of FAU, I know fans love it when the locals, the Palm Beach County kids, go to FAU and succeed and thrive. I would say that uh, there, there's maybe three or four uh, every two years or so, that really make massive impacts. When it comes to Kaiser's roster, and I hate to put you on the spot with this, but just estimate percentage-wise, how many guys on that roster um, uh, are from Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast? Just percentage-wise, would you estimate?
4: I would say sixty to sixty-five okay. percent of our roster yeah, significant. is significantly really built up of uh, of right here and. In, in there's certainly a lot of guys that are making impact. You look at our defensive line, you know, and, and, and specifically Mitchell DeSolme, Lukehead, uh, Thorsonville from Atlantic, Mitchell's from Palm Beach Lakes, Cam Allen from Wellington. Those guys are big-time players for us right now. And, and you know, there's others amongst, uh, you know, our two deep that are making plays. So, it's obviously, this has been a big piece of the puzzle for us.
1: Uh, FAU three weeks ago went to middle Tennessee state and kickoff temperature was 45 degrees. But the night before we stopped and did a walkthrough up there and it was in the forties and I was miserable. I was outside for 30 minutes and I had uh, two sweaters on and gloves and I'm like, get me back on the bus. This Mm. sucks. (laughs) You guys Win in the semifinals, you beat Grandview. Kickoff temperature was 20 degrees. How does 561 based Kaiser go on the road in 20-degree weather and blow away the myth of the Florida team uh, winning in those conditions? What was that like?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a mindset. You know, we've talked about it. We talked about from day one when we built this program, building it. Said, hey, we're going to probably have to go to the Midwest and win in the cold. And we've said that since 2017 and and be able to run the football stop the run and find a way to get out of there and get ourselves into position to win a national championship and you know we were you know we went to uh, Bethel really cold you know Tennessee we we bused two days on a bus and the, the the weather didn't bother us i knew we were a tough team i knew our mindset was right we went back to morningside you know it was a, it was a, probably a spring type day for them 55 60 degrees that didn't bother us at all and then when we go to Des Moines you know we get there and it's you know, it's 30 degrees, you know, chill somewhere in the teens. And then we wake up the next day, and the windchill is minus one. Oh, you man. know, and, and our team just didn't flinch. You know, it's just, it's a mindset. You know, it, it can't be a factor. And, and we said, we're going to find a way. It doesn't matter what the deal is. You know, we're going to have everything we can to keep you guys warm. But get yourself, you know, warmed up, Prepare for the game. You know, hit somebody, and you'll be ready to go. You won't even feel the weather. And by the, you know, middle of the second quarter, third quarter, when we were really trying to, Keep momentum, we didn't feel the weather.
3: but I know another guy that contributed to that win last weekend or this past weekend, and that was Michael Robinson. I had a chance to play with him at South Fork High School. He went on a Jupiter really close to him. Can you touch on him a little bit? Two catches, 120 yards, a big touchdown. I've just loved to see his growth and development into a key player on your guys' offense.
4: Yeah, I mean, Mikey has just done a tremendous job. He's been a program guy for us. He's been a. Uh, you know a role player for us, where he's got to fit a role in the slot, fit a role as a wideout, fit a role in 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 a spot that might not be targeted, and and I love the way he's battled through it. Um, you know we've, you know he's not the first name that comes up when you think of guys that are making plays, but I'll tell you yeah. what, in, in here in the playoffs, the dude's been big time. And you know you go back to to Bethel, and we're down seventeen-seven. He catches a sixty-plus yard post over the top. People are going nuts. Big time play last week. Set the, set the momentum going in the right direction with a 60-yard-plus play, and then he had another 70-yard-plus post over the top. So <laughs> the guy's really playing hot right now. The guy's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's blocking on the perimeter. And uh, we're, we love everything Mikey's doing right now.
1: Coach, before you took over, Kaiser, and again, Doug Socia with us here, Kaiser head coach, uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Kaiser next Saturday in the NAIA National Championship game. You were with the Buffalo Bills. You were on the coaching staff for a couple of seasons up there. Uh, what did you take away from that? What was that like as someone who had who had been at the high school level, very successful high school level, and then you you go to, to the league? How do you apply that, what you learned with the Bills, to what you've done at
4: Kaiser? Uh, I think I can reflect on a lot of those things in terms of just like staff organization, you know, game planning organization, you know, throughout the weekly schedule. Um, but also one of the other big things that I think I took – from that was being in the cold, how a team warms up, how a team prepares mm. and how you, you know, get a team to play in the cold. And, you know, obviously the NFL has all everything and resources to them, but in the end of the day, if it's cold outside, you got to keep your players warm. So that was one of the big things, but you know, there's a lot that I took from that experience and I was grateful to have it, but uh, you know, here we are.
1: Uh, two more for you. I know you're an offensive mind. Uh, no, how, you're good. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how good is Mike McDaniel?
4: Oh, I think he's uh, tremendously, you know, just so smart and intelligent. He understands exactly what defenses are trying to do, and he knows how to attack them and and watching them. And obviously he's a unique personality, and I think he really knows how to push the buttons of the players. And uh, I think he's awesome. Uh,
1: And then it it was not lost on me as you were in 20-degree weather, negative one windshield winning in the semifinals last week, that your son Cade is on Timmy Chang's staff at Hawaii, just living the life right now. Uh, how, yeah, he, how yeah, he is. How, how's that going for him? I'm sure he's loving that.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's funny. As soon as I got off the field in the game and, and I, I FaceTime with him, and he's at Waikiki Beach with recruits on a recruiting <laughs> weekend in the, in the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, I'm watching all their Twitter. But uh, it's going awesome for him. It's a tremendous experience for him out there and learning under Timmy Chang and all those coaches. And certainly, uh, you know, anytime. If there's any uh complaining i say you know listen man you're in the middle of the pacific ocean on an island so just shut up <laughs> the hell up <laughs> <laughs> wise advice uh coach uh,
1: really thrilled to see uh what you've been able to do at kaiser this was only a matter of time you playing for a national championship really really pumped for you looking forward to next saturday congrats and uh here's to uh you bringing a national championship home to palm beach county
4: you got him, and that's the plan. Appreciate you guys and uh, everything you guys do for us. Yeah, Good luck. Appreciate
1: good luck. you, Coach. That is Doug Sosia, Kaiser University head football coach with us awesome. on at Ken LeVicca Live. Uh, let me real quick tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain need to see an expert in the field, well, that's where Baptist Health Orthopedic Care comes in. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We'll continue to talk fourth quarter quarterbacks and Stephen A. Smith, Theo. He's mad at the college football playoff committee. Aww. Why? We'll find out when we come back. He's Theo WP WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. I'm Ken LeVick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
3: Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again?
0: Yeah, From the yeah, Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown yeah, yeah. We West Palm do Beach, you are listening to yeah, yeah, Ken Levick live it. on ESPN
1: 106.3. Local college football team playing for a championship, a national championship, comes up this weekend. It is Kaiser out of West Palm taking on Northwestern College. that will be in Durham, North Carolina. Kaiser, has only played football for five years. Five years on the field. Oh, come on. Playing football. And Doug Sosius put together a powerhouse, and he joins us now. On Ken Levicka Live. Ken Levicka, Theodore TV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz, and Coach Socia. First of all, congratulations on getting to the NAIA National Championship. It's been a long time coming. Your team's won nine straight, ten and three on the year. I've known you for a long time. I've seen you dominate at the high school level, American Heritage, Delray, Oxbridge Academy, but uh, you, you, you got into the college realm and you've built this thing from scratch How in half a decade have you been able to bring Kaiser to this point?
4: Ken, thanks for having me on. You know, I think, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, obviously some of the places I've been, you know, it's really just about the people in the building. You know, you get the right people in the building to work with. You bring in the right roster. You develop the right roster, talent, character, and and then here we go. We got an opportunity to win a national championship, and I think it's just, About getting the right people in the room, we've got a process of how we do things, and we followed it. Um, You know, there's obviously been some bumps in the road. You know, throughout the five years, there's certainly been a lot of bumps in the road this season. But I think the character, the belief in the locker room, is really what's carrying us right now.
1: I I just cannot believe because when you took the job and, uh, and and you and I talked, I mean, it is it's it's literally. Nothing. It's a barren landscape and you are, are building everything up from scratch. It was the same thing at Oxbridge Academy for you. There was nothing there. You were given some resources and they said, all right, Coach Sosia, maximize it. How, how do you do that? How do you judge who you want on your staff? How do you find these players? Why are you more suited than other coaches to do something like this?
4: Well, I've, honestly, I just think I've been lucky to be around great administration. And, and, and when the administration is aligned and has a, has a vision and a focus on what they want to get accomplished, then the people in the building can do it. And, and we've been able to do that with our staff. You know, obviously here at Kaiser, unbelievable administration, you know, on down from, you know, Dr. Kaiser, the chancellor's office, our president, you know, Dr. Vonk, our vice president, um, our athletic director, Chris Wager on down there's just great alignment there's great alignment with with our academics our admissions um you know so it's just all about the alignment of the administration their vision blending with what our vision and focus has been and then obviously recruiting the right players you know characters at the top of the list obviously talent is, is there as well um and then just having you know the right profile of what we're trying to recruit that can achieve academically guys that are driven guys that want to be coached hard guys that You know, want to focus um, guys that are about the team. And, um, you know, it's really here we are. This is a pretty special team that we've got together here. And, you know, we've had bumps in the road, but this team has been resilient. This team has persevered and and has overcome, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter, in the second half of games. And here we are with one more to go to win a national championship.
3: Coach Ochoa, Stone Labanowicz here. First off, congratulations. You kind of just slipped in there, right, special team. And I think that's true. We've been talking about fourth quarter comebacks. Who's got the best quarterback? We've just been ranking them. You guys know a little thing or two about fourth-quarter comebacks. You guys go down to Morningside, 10-22 to 22 at the half, end up coming all the way back to win that game, 29-28, to advance, survive and advance. You know, is that a game you guys put a lot of stock into? Is that tape you're continuing to watch just on that fourth-quarter comeback?
4: You know, I think it's, uh, that was a special game in itself. You know, we, our, our starting quarterback, Shea Spencer, went down in the second quarter, and we had to go to Bryce Beasley, who really played like a starter from the second quarter on, basically. And, you know, he's prepared like a professional. He he was ready to go. He had to do some things with his arms. He had to do some things with his feet. Guys made plays for him. So, um, you know, it's been pretty special, obviously. We look at that game, but I I go deeper than that. I look back to, you know, the adversity we dealt with at the beginning of the season being 1-3. and There was a point where we weren't even ranked nationally, you know, by the NAI. And we had to battle back in. And then we go to St. Thomas, and, you know, we fell to some adversity there and, and down 24-7, won that game. And then we go to Southeastern at some point during the season, and, and we're down at halftime. It came out and dominated in the second half and won that game. You know, and then obviously, you know, we had to navigate through the rest of our schedule. And, and I look at the Ave Maria team that played us really tough, came down to a fourth-quarter stop there in the red zone, able to run the football and, and gut that game out. And then obviously go to Bethel, knock them off, number four team in the country, undefeated, really good team. Mm. Go to Morningside. And so it's it's been a it's been a journey. There's a lot of moments we reflect back on it, and it just built this football team into what it is right now.
2: Doug, it's uh it's Theo here, man. I, I uh I remember even looking back when you guys had that first schedule tweeted out and I saw names like Varasta State on it and you had all of those programs. it was a really front loaded non conference schedule. Um was there any did you feel any kind of doubt out of your team when you did start off but I think one and three there and you did lose your ranking? And how much did that specific stretch of the schedule help you guys just deliver three teams that were all ranked top four in the nation their first losses of the season not only giving them the first loss of the season doing it on the road and doing it in the playoffs like how much did you guys kind of look back to the battle tested um you know early part of the season that helped you guys here in this playoff run
4: yeah absolutely you know I look back at that and and I never had doubt in this team I knew and and I told our team and, and we challenged our team in training camp I said hey this front end of our schedule can go a lot of different ways. Um, we certainly had an expectation that we could compete and win every one of those games. And I think looking back, you know, we just didn't play well enough in those games. We all often reflect to that, but I think, you know, sitting there at one and three, you know, go to Valdosta, kind of played them tough. And then obviously went to Mississippi college and really didn't show up, which was really disappointing. And then Lindenwood being a one double team, they kind of just ran away with it. We had opportunities, but, you know, I really challenged our football team to, you know, just live in, day by day and, and just buy, just continue to develop and the process and we've overcome injuries and this team really has never gone through the motions they've never really flinched, um and, and i really attribute that to like when we close the doors in the locker room we've got great leadership in there that that held this thing together and i'm really proud of that but certainly battle tested team through those being unranked you know being one in three and then going on a run here you know it, it's all come together
1: it's going to be next Saturday, the 17th. It'll be Kaiser Northwestern College out of Iowa in Durham, North Carolina, for the NAIA Football National Championship. Kaiser head coach Doug Socia with us here on at Ken Levick Alive. Uh, I, I, as the play-by-play voice of FAU, I know fans love it when the locals, the Palm Beach County kids, go to FAU and succeed and thrive. I would say that uh, there, there's maybe three or four uh, every two years or so, that really make massive impacts. When it comes to Kaiser's roster, and I hate to put you on the spot with this, but just estimate percentage-wise, how many guys on that roster um, uh, are from Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast? Just percentage-wise, would you estimate?
4: I would say sixty to sixty-five okay. percent of our roster yeah, significant. is significantly really built up of uh, of right here and. In, in there's certainly a lot of guys that are making impact. You look at our defensive line, you know, and, and, and specifically Mitchell DeSolme, Lukehead, uh, Thorsonville from Atlantic, Mitchell's from Palm Beach Lakes, Cam Allen from Wellington. Those guys are big-time players for us right now. And, and you know, there's others amongst, uh, you know, our two deep that are making plays. So, it's obviously, this has been a big piece of the puzzle for us.
1: Uh, FAU three weeks ago went to Middle Tennessee State, and kickoff temperature was 45 degrees. But the night before, we stopped and did a walkthrough up there, and it was in the 40s, and I was miserable. I was outside for 30 minutes, and I had uh, two sweaters on and gloves, and I'm like, get me back on the bus. This Mm. sucks. (laughs) You guys... Win in the semifinals, you beat Grandview. Kickoff temperature was 20 degrees. How does 561 based Kaiser go on the road in 20-degree weather and blow away the myth of the Florida team uh, winning in those conditions? What was that like?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a mindset. You know, we've talked about it. We talked about from day one when we built this program, building it. Said, hey, we're going to probably have to go to the Midwest and win in the cold. And we've said that since 2017 and and be able to run the football stop the run and find a way to get out of there and get ourselves into position to win a national championship and you know we were you know we went to uh, Bethel really cold you know Tennessee we we bused two days on a bus and the, the the weather didn't bother us i knew we were a tough team i knew our mindset was right we went back to morningside you know it was a, it was a, probably a spring type day for them 55 60 degrees that didn't bother us at all and then when we go to Des Moines you know we get there and it's you know, it's 30 degrees, you know, chill somewhere in the teens. And then we wake up the next day and the windchill is minus one. Oh,
0: you man. know, and,
4: and our team just didn't flinch. You know, it's just, it's a mindset. You know, it, it can't be a factor. And, and we said, we're going to find a way. It doesn't matter what the deal is. You know, we're going to have everything we can to keep you guys warm. But get yourself, you know, warmed up, Prepare for the game. You know, hit somebody and you'll be ready to go. You won't even feel the weather. And by the, you know, middle of the second quarter, third quarter, when we were really trying to, Keep momentum, we didn't feel the weather.
3: but I know another guy that contributed to that win last weekend or this past weekend, and that was Michael Robinson. I had a chance to play with him at South Fork High School. He went on a Jupiter really close to him. Can you touch on him a little bit? Two catches, 120 yards, a big touchdown. I've just loved to see his growth and development into a key player on your guys' offense.
4: Yeah, I mean, Mikey has just done a tremendous job. He's been a program guy for us. He's been a. Uh, you know, a role player force where he's got to fit a role in the slot, fit a role as a wide out, fit a role in, in, in a spot that might not be targeted. And and I love the way he's battled through it. Um, you know, we've, you know, he's not the first name that comes up when you think of guys that are making plays, but I'll tell you yeah. what, in, in here in the playoffs, the dude's been big time and you know, you go back to to Bethel and we're down 17, seven, he catches a 60 plus yard post over the top. People are going nuts. Big time play last week. Set the, set the momentum going in the right direction with a 60-yard-plus play, and then he had another 70-yard-plus post over the top. So <laughs> the guy's really playing hot right now. The guy's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's blocking on the perimeter, and uh, we're, we love everything Mikey's doing right now.
1: Coach, before you took over Kaiser, and again, Doug Socia with us here, Kaiser head coach, uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Kaiser next Saturday in the NAIA National Championship game. You were with the Buffalo Bills. You were on the coaching staff for a couple of seasons up there. What did you take away from that? What was that like as someone who had who had been at the high school level, very successful high school level, and then you you go to, to the league? How do you apply that, what you learned with the Bills, to what you've done at Kaiser?
4: Uh, I think I can reflect on a lot of those things in terms of just like staff organization, you know, game planning organization, you know, throughout the weekly schedule. Um, but also one of the other big things that I think I took – from that was being in the cold, how a team warms up, how a team prepares mm. and how you, you know, get a team to play in the cold. And, you know, obviously the NFL has all everything and resources to them, but in the end of the day, if it's cold outside, you got to keep your players warm. So that was one of the big things, but you know, there's a lot that I took from that experience and I was grateful to have it, but uh, you know, here we are.
1: Uh, two more for you. I know you're an offensive mind. Uh, no, you're good. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how good is Mike McDaniel?
4: Oh, I think he's uh, tremendously, you know, just so smart and intelligent. He understands exactly what defenses are trying to do, and he knows how to attack them and and watching them. And obviously he's a unique personality, and I think he really knows how to push the buttons of the players. And uh, I think he's awesome. Uh,
1: And then it was not lost on me as you were in 20-degree weather, negative one windshield winning in the semifinals last week, that your son Cade is on Timmy Chang's staff. At Hawaii, just living the life
4: right now. Uh how, Yeah, he, how, yeah
1: how's that going for him? I'm sure he's loving that.
4: Yeah, it's uh it's, it's funny. As soon as I got off the field in the game, and, and I, I FaceTime with him, and he's at Waikiki Beach with recruits on a recruiting <laughs> weekend in the in the Pacific Ocean, and you know I'm watching all their Twitter. But uh, it's going awesome for him. It's a tremendous experience for him out there and learning under Timmy Chang and all those coaches. And certainly, uh you know, anytime. If there's any uh complaining i say you know listen man you're in the middle of the pacific ocean on an island so just shut up <laughs> the hell up
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wise advice uh coach uh, really thrilled to see uh what you've been able to do at kaiser this was only a matter of time you playing for a national championship really really pumped for you looking forward to next saturday congrats and uh here's to uh you bringing a national championship home to palm beach county
4: you got him, and that's the plan. Appreciate you guys and uh, everything you guys do for us. Yeah, Good luck. Appreciate good luck. you, Coach. That is
1: Doug Sosia, Kaiser University head football coach with us awesome. on at Ken Levick Live. Uh, let me real quick tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field, well, that's where Baptist Health Orthopedic Care comes in. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We'll continue to talk fourth quarter quarterbacks and Stephen A. Smith, Theo. He's mad at the college football playoff committee. Why? We'll find out when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.